Hello and welcome back to Crystal Clear the Podcast, where clarity is the goal, clarity in life, clarity in choices, and just being totally clear with who I am and where I desire to be. Crystal clear is still my affirmation. Yes, hello, welcome back. Oh my goodness. All right, all right, all right. Hi, 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 everyone. Thank you for joining me once more. This feels really good. I had an awesome week. Nothing special happened. I just had a really good week, guys. Just really thankful. Just really happy. Just kind of just feeling the goodness. The goodness surrounding me. This was a good week. (laughs) Amazing week. Um, Thanks again for all the love and support. All the congratulations on the year in podcasting. Thank you, everyone. I'm still amazed at the support of the podcast community. But let's go ahead and get into my show. All right. I have several topics today. I have tried to have somewhat of an outline um, to go by to kind of stay on track and um get the things that I feel are most important out today as far as topics are concerned and let's go ahead and get into this thanks again okay guys uh let's press rewind real quick and go back to my episode called getting even or when Cheating is just getting even. All right. So, um, this title or that title can mean a lot of different things. So, I'll go ahead and explain. Okay. So, here's the thing. Getting even is immature. I'll say that first. Getting even is immature, right? Why do you need to do that? I feel like if you do that, you are following your pain and instead of, you know, you know, good judgment, you're going in the other direction because you just hurt too much and and you need to do something about it, right? So it's a bad idea, right? So the scenario would be Dr. Jackie and her relationship with her husband, right? Because that's what the episode was about that day. And, um, as I've said before, Dr. Jackie didn't do anything wrong outside of not spending, um, the amount of time that her spouse feels is necessary, right? She's a woman, um, a very strong woman that is, you know, very much involved and fulfilled from her work. So when you are that fulfilled and involved Uh, with the type of work that you do, I completely see it consuming you and you doing, you know, what it is you love and you are fulfilled by. So that makes perfect sense to me. However, she is a married woman, right? And I say she loves her husband. I say she loved her husband a lot. I don't know what they're going to do with their relationship, Um, It was said that she filed for divorce three days after she found out about the infidelity. But what I'm saying is I already see the conflict, right? 
All right. I also said on that episode that, you know, he felt cheated. You know, he already felt cheated. He didn't do, he was simply requesting that this woman spend some more time with him. And he felt like he wasn't important to her. And so, um, you know, bad goes, bad turns into worse. And he made some, you know, bad decisions and stepped out on his marriage and um, basically cheated because he just didn't know what else to do with himself. And as you guys know, I don't think this is okay. I don't think cheating under any circumstance is okay. I think it's a problem. Um, however, there are different instances to where the problem is a bigger problem or the problem requires forgiveness or not. Um, I am not here to pretend with people and say, um, when he cheats, you need to leave and that's all you need to do because that's your only option. Um, I know for a fact that, um, there are several relationships where cheating has occurred and they are still intact. And there's also a popular belief that sometimes cheating or infidelity is the awakening required to, you know, renew the relationship. You don't have to like it. It is just the truth. Okay. All right. So, um, when is the matter of a man that cannot stay faithful to his woman and he is a, um, he's always, um, crossing or overstepping that boundary when it comes to infidelity um, and, you know, going outside of his marriage or whatnot, then my obvious suggestion would be separate yourself from that fool. Um, but in this instance, we don't know. They haven't said, or I did not see or hear that this has happened before. Okay. So in the case of this is his first offense and, um, it comes from just him being frustrated or hurt. I was like, cheating is just getting even. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people were like, well, that ain't right. And she condoning it. No, I'm not condoning it. But it is what it is, right? So getting even, getting even, getting even. It is like um, tit for tat. You know? You hitting me, I'm hitting you back. Whatever you do to me, I'm going to do back to you. Right? And it's so easy to say her not spending time with him is not equal to him stepping out on his marriage. Well, her not spending time with him directly made him feel like she didn't care about him right him cheating on her directly made her feel like he didn't care about her they are now even and let's break it down again if this man was in constant um question of how his woman felt about him if he was um in constant question about where where his marriage was if it was important if it was meaningful if he could add to this woman's life if he was in pain if he was hurting if he just didn't feel like the man he you know felt like he should have felt like then we have to consider this condition very seriously right now dr jackie's over there doing her thing being happy being fulfilled you know, loving her job and loving her life, right? And then she gets cheated on. Where does that action from her un- her husband instantly put her? It makes her insecure. It makes her feel pain. It makes her question her question her importance in her marriage. It makes her wonder if her if her man cares about her. They are literally even now. He couldn't reach her. 
he couldn't reach her when she was living life and loving it and had no problems because everything was working out the way she would have it he couldn't reach her but now he has leveled the playing field he has might he has done something to distract her happiness he has done something to you know kind of bring it to an end he has gotten her attention that's exactly what he did and so he couldn't get her. He couldn't get her to see him when she was happy and nothing was wrong. But now that, you know, the marriage is possibly failing, she's like, okay, everything isn't perfect. Everything um, isn't the way it should be. I am not happy now. Now he can communicate with her because they are on the same level. They are even now. They can, they are, they are on the same. He can reach her. He can reach her from pain. She's in pain too. He couldn't, he couldn't get to her. He had to get her where he was. Now they can have a conversation. They might just work out. Moving on. All right, I did say we were moving on, but we are not going too far. So Friday night, I was up and I decided to go in the Egos and Opinions Facebook group. Shout out to Egos and Opinions. Yeah, so Ivy posted a question to the group and it says, why does cheating hurt so bad? What is it about cheating that makes people go so crazy behind it? And my initial reaction You know, it was simple. It was like being wronged, being embarrassed, and change. And those questions basically came from when you when you feel like you're wrong. Like you thought you had a real connection. So you were wrong about that. Right? So that that makes you mad. And then you're embarrassed because some kind of way the guy that you were interested in or the guy that was supposed to be feeling you, possibly even loving you, has now given some random woman something to hold over your head and then change I feel like the transition the change like say for instance you're one of those people who put your relationship changes and statuses on Facebook you actually got to go update that status (laughs) you can't stay in a relationship anymore it's like it's like weird like having to change having to you know present yourself a different way I feel makes everything awkward And could like make you mad. And so I feel like those things combined create an issue. And I moved on. And then I started thinking. And then from those thoughts inspired the questions. Is the real issue with cheating the loss of trust or predictability? Do we have to trust what we can predict? Does the real anger come from realizing we have no control? So let me break that question down because I kind of feel like um, people kind of, you know, looked at things different ways, which is absolutely fine and normal, you know, because we don't necessarily invoke the same thoughts when we read the same words. All right. (laughs) So here it goes. So the people who answered the question definitely believe that the real reason with um, cheating is the trust. They feel like the trust is violated. I agree with that, but this is my challenge to that. In a new relationship, not necessarily a marriage, because I feel like in a marriage, the trust is actual trust. It's actually developed into trust. And I'll explain. I feel like in a new relationship, 
there is not trust or at least there's no reason to trust right so i feel like when two people meet each other there's a connection they are vibing um they are eat sleeping and drinking each other everything is each other they are all they need okay and in that situation there is absolutely no concern of outsiders on either side i know i'm not the only person that has felt this way i know when a guy is into me i know women know when guys are into them and vice versa men know when women are into them they just know you just know okay so when you're in that area or that part of your relationship um everything is you know beautiful there's not a problem in the world okay so when you in when you are in that part of that relationship it is almost impossible to see that guy or that woman doing anything to hurt that current connection almost impossible now this can happen anywhere from I'm going I'm going to put it out there cuz some of us move extremely fast. <laughs> 2 weeks, 6 months, okay? So any first year, okay? Anywhere in that span of time, okay? That can happen. You can feel that way, all right? But you don't really know anybody. I'm going to say the first 3 months. You don't really know that person that well. And a lot in a lot of cases, you have a lot of reasons not to trust them. So, I feel like that that trust is artificial and it's really predictions you can't see in the future and see them violating the current feeling that y'all have at this time so you feel safe in your relationship because as far as what you can see as far as what you can predict as far as what you expect uh no you got this on lock all right so that's that right predictability once you find out or once you feel that something has changed or you find out that your connection has been compromised you then have issues right and let's say you are able to confirm he's talking to someone else or there is someone else or he really wasn't what you thought he was whatever the case may be the connection has been broken the artificial trust has been betrayed okay right so most people at this point and into the question basically move on they can't stay in a relationship after the artificial trust (laughs) has been broken because of why they can't be trusted i ask why were they ever trusted in the first place and i question what you are calling trust if it's trust at all and that if it's just predictability and because now when you imagine what your relationship would be like with this person after this betrayal you now see no pattern now women (laughs) we know we like patterns okay once somebody has betrayed your artificial trust (laughs) you can no longer see the pattern you can no longer trust what's going to happen next you can't predict what's going to happen next now a lot of people were using the word predictability you know like a guy goes word goes home whatever 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 i mean 
yeah, that's predictability it is. But however, I, when I'm thinking about a relationship, I'm I'm thinking about everything that he does. Not just, you know, his work routine or his morning routine. I'm thinking about how he acts when it comes to me. How he treats me. How often he calls me. How we interact together. You know, like, I'm looking at all of that and putting that into predictability. Okay, so now that he's done that, you can't create your pattern. He has he has thrown 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 a wrench in your patterns, and you cannot create a pattern that says this man is going to be who he was. He can't. Like the pattern is broken. You cannot use the one you were using before. You cannot predict that this is going to go well. The trust is ruined. Now let's talk about trust in other situations now we all know what it is to trust in a higher being and trust in god we know when you trust god okay not comparing god to a mere mortal man or mere mortal woman but to say when you trust god you do not expect everything to go the way you want it to go in fact you still trust god in the midst of a lot of problems hell even you trust god let's say your mom you trust your mom you trust your mom was going to you know cover you on something and something happened you're not cutting your mom off because she couldn't come through like you thought she was and you trusted her but that's how it works right that's trust okay and that's why i'm not really talking about marriage because i do feel like the track record of predictability um from the early stages of a relationship, if the track record is proven to be good, then predictability does turn into trust, right? But in the early stages, that's not trust. You are basically predicting what's going to happen and it's either happening the way you predict it or not, which determines the outcome of a relationship most times, okay? Because when trust actually kicks in, all those little things like patterns being broken don't really matter as much because you're not relying on the actual pattern you're not relying on what you actually predict you are relying on the real trust okay and then when the trust the real trust is gone the real issue there is the control well i'm not saying it's the real issue but i think it's the control like most people cannot find it in their heart to be with the person after that because they don't know if this person could really uphold their side of the commitment right but the truth of the matter is it's not about knowing for a fact if they will hold their end of the commitment it is trusting that they'll do what's right or it's you trusting that no matter what happens you will work out you will work out you not the relationship per se you you'll be fine trusting that you will be fine i feel like we have a hard time seeing ourselves in relationships where we see ourselves possibly being hurt and trusting that we'll be okay and because we cannot confirm we cannot know without a shadow of a doubt that we are going to be respected and our hearts are going to be protected we tend to flee from the relationship and I think that's what happens because we need control. Now, while I enjoyed She's Got to Have It, that woman required control. She required it. 
And as much as we like to say we know we can't control people, we often only feel comfortable in controlled environments. And the saddest part about that is, there is no such thing! At least not when it comes to relationships. Alrighty, here is a new segment that incorporates building vocabulary. Um, if you are a longtime listener of Crystal Clear the Podcast, you know my podcast is something to help me become more comfortable with speaking in front of people or just, you know, the random exchanges that you have because in my experience I had a whole bunch of um, moments where I either stumbled over my words or didn't know what to say. I even still get kind of caught up with not knowing what to say on my podcast now. So um, because I know that I can um, come here weekly consistently, I wanted to start doing things that um, I really intended on doing in the first place. So building vocabulary will be something I do weekly. Um basically what it will look like is me going over um some words um giving um the listed options of what they mean and advising if i get them right or wrong and i guess you can guess along the way as well and that's what i'm going to do weekly um with every show because i want to incorporate things to actually assist me in being the best i can all right i hope this lasts i think it will all right So the first word is cosmopolitan. Now the options are sophisticated and global, common, famous, large and oppressive. And the word I chose was sophisticated and global. There are few cities in the world as diverse and cosmopolitan as New York. And that was incorrect. And unfortunately, it's not going to tell me which word it is until I see it again and get it right. But it'll come back up. Next word. Oblique. Hidden. Moving outwards. Touching. Indirect. Oblique. I don't know. So I'm going to say I'm not sure. Indirect. Indirect. Herbert never explicitly revealed anything negative about Tom's past, but at times he would obliquely suggest that Tom was not as innocent as he seemed. I wouldn't have known that. Oblique. Oblique. Next word. Futile. Producing a lot. Dispirited. Unique. Pointless. Futile. I'm going to go with pointless. Let's see what happens. I got it right. Futile. I thought I could repair the car myself, but after two days of work with no success, I have to admit that my efforts were futile. Futile. Oh, they say futile, but I say futile. Maybe I'm country. Futile. Candid. 
Concealed and secretive, honest and straightforward, courteous and generous, passionate and caring. Candid, for me, is honest and straightforward. I'm going to go with that one. And I am correct. Although I was unhappy that the relationship ended, I appreciated Frank's candidness about why he was ready to move on from the relationship. And if you don't know what I'm doing, I am using the sentence in context. Basically, they give us one. So let's go with that. All right. And the app that I'm using to do this is called Magoosh. That's M-A-G-O-O-S-H. And the O's are little green circles with the check mark in them. All right. I'll do one more word. And that's going to end this segment. And it's pristine. The options are distance. Detail-oriented, overly fussy, spotless. From what I know about the word pristine, I'm going to go with spotless, and I got it right. The glacial lake was pristine, and we filled our canteens to drink deeply. So, yeah, that's it. Let's see how they're saying it. Pristine. Yeah, pristine. All right, thanks. All right, um, I need to talk this out because um, I feel conflicted in my thought process and how I feel and what I think. All right, so um, my awesome job provides a service to our clients that we kind of prepare them for a meeting. And um, in this preparation course, we kind of, you know, make them put words to their feelings we kind of, you know, make them make them get really acquainted with, you know, explaining themselves accurately and then describing those feelings. OK. And in making them more comfortable, the people who get to sit in on these classes have to do the same thing. So you're kind of interacting with the group and you're talking about your feelings and what you think and how you feel and your comfort zones and your 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 favorite place when you felt the most comfortable at any point in your life. We're just talking about things that you don't talk about on the regular, right? And once you do this with these people you know and some that you do know, you then have to speak for the person that you don't know to try to help them pinpoint like um descriptive words that ring true to them, okay? So, um went through this. Um, it was a very cool experience. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was definitely the highlight or one of the highlights of my week. And I kind of just walked away feeling like really, really good. But something happened in this meeting. And while it was an awesome thing, I kind of, I kind of feel like my brain went into overdrive. So here's what happened. So, um, the lady who conducts these meetings, Basically, you know, pull me to the side and basically let me know that I needed to basically do a survey and send it to the owner of the company and explain 
how I feel like um, the meeting will affect my job. And while I thought it was helpful and all that good stuff. And then she was like asking me about like um, if I had a degree and um, how much longer I have to go and all that stuff. Because she felt like uh, me, you know, how I talk, um, how I present myself or whatever was too good for my current position. And so she would be interested in supporting me going back to school. All right. That is awesome. You know, blown away. Like, oh, my God. Cool. Right. Absolutely. Why not? Right. But here's the thing. This is where the conflict comes in. Because I don't know. um, I don't truly understand. I'm different from the person who finds value outside of themselves. Okay. Um, I feel like everything I could cling to that I feel like is a, a quality that I actually can say or speak about that I'm lucky to have is perishable for lack of a better word. You know, one day it's here, next day it's gone. So I don't build my hopes on things that are not eternal, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so I find it hard to, um, you know, say like, oh, I have a degree in this or, oh, I have a podcast, even like any of those things, like that kind of stuff, status, money, that kind of stuff just doesn't give me the um, the validation that it might give someone else. And so I try not to judge people um, that it actually gives validation to like I education is beautiful it's a wonderful thing you get as much of it as you can um i i'm not i have nothing against that i don't speak against it i just know that you know i own applications i am only capable of putting some college because i do not have a degree and and it is it used to be insecurity it is not any longer and so when somebody you know talks to me or meets me and expects something else because i exude confidence believe it or not (laughs) believe it or not in a social setting when I do decide to engage or whatever I am extremely um attractive not in the sense to where I'm gorgeous but like everything about me I understand that I understand it and that's kind of why I I I rather sat down that's kind of why I'm I stay to myself is because people like me I this sounds really shallow (laughs) But I, 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 I am a people person. I am. And because people come with different energies, I kind of hide myself because you kind of can't disconnect the fact that you are a friendly, happy go, happy going person. And people expect, you know, more from you. And you kind of be like, I know, I know I'm exciting. I know you really like me. I know, I know, I know. But I'm pulling away because I want this for me. I want it for me. I'm kind of selfish with it. Understand. And that's kind of how you feel. And I'm sorry. It's, I'm, I'm cringing at the fact that I had to explain it that way. But that's that's exactly what it is. And so it, it kind of upsets me. Not upsets me. Yeah, it kind of upsets me that, um, you know, that's not where I find validation. But I come across people who, who look at that kind of thing. And they feel like they have to save you from your lack of it, your lack of degrees, your lack of status, your lack. And I'm just like, but I'm not going to argue with you. I, I, I accept 
what you're doing or what you're thinking or where you're coming from as a good place. And that's it. I accept that. I do. But I need people to know that everybody's different and everybody doesn't require the same thing. And I am extremely fulfilled despite how lowly you see the position to be or how unimportant you feel like it might be. This job is not me. Your job is not you. I see that. I get that. (sighs) I'm not mad. It made me feel really good. But I think what made me feel the best was the fact that despite what anybody else thinks, despite what anybody else might think I need, or what despite what people might think I'm missing, I know I am whole. That feels amazing. I have the value I need. I have it. And it's constantly working on getting me to the place I need to be to keep me from the people who can say, you should be a lot more. Oh, believe me, it's expanding. Trust and believe. It's working. Thank you, Lisa Nichols, for saying you need to accept exactly where you are in relationship to your higher power and drop the idea that you have to be perfect before you can let God in. The irony is that God is sitting on the doorstep waiting while you think you have to clean the house. In reality, he doesn't care if your house is dirty. He wants to help you clean things up. He's calling through the door. If you let me in, I'll help you vacuum, honey. He wants to uplift your life. All right. I have been breathing too hard. You know, so unfortunately... When I'm listening back to the show, there's some episodes, especially recently, that I feel like I have just been breathing too hard. And I'm like, what is going on with me? So I feel like, not because of the podcast, and not necessarily because of the breathing hard, but just me, you know, putting two and two together, I feel like I need to become more active and, you know, try harder to lose weight. Now, what's happened is... Honestly, no excuses, but what has happened is I have just began to be like a little bit um, less committed to the workout that I have been previously, okay? Um, What I usually do is wake up early in the morning and get it done. Um, My usual hours would be somewhere like 4.30 to like 5.30 and I've just fallen off completely and I need to get back in it. I would love to work out at least for an hour um, each morning, at least five days a week would do me some good. Four to five days is what my goal would be. And to be consciously thinking about what I am putting in my mouth. And I said this is also something that I can report on each week just to see and just to make sure like I am committed to the goal and, you know, kind of stay focused or whatnot. So this week I um, did really good. I watched what I was eating um, I watched my portin- my portions and I actually cut back on meat. Um, I previously in the past lost a lot of weight just by picking some days where I decided not to eat meat. Um, you know, I will never give up meat entirely unless, you know, some kind of way we just ran out. The world ran out of meat. Um, <laughs> uh, that would be the only way. Other than that, um, I just decided to like cut it I, I cut it out 
like on certain days before so now like before I cut it off on full days I'm kind of just um making it just like make sure meat is in one meal per day instead of like every meal because there there are some days where there is meat in every meal and I'm trying to make it to where um there's only one meal that I actually have meat in and so that hasn't been challenging and I do feel better from just you know eating less meat and you know just making sure I eat more vegetables and drink more water and that is all I have this week as far as that is concerned but I will do a report um if there are weight changes I will report on that and you know here's to healthy living and not waiting till January to start thank you thank you Tony Robbins for saying no matter how many mistakes you make or how slow you progress you are still way ahead of everyone who isn't trying. The Minute to Motivate this week is brought to you by a quote, or a few quotes. The flower doesn't dream of the bee. It blossoms and the bee comes. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. All right, okay, and I hope you've enjoyed the show. Talk to you later again. As always, thank you for tuning in. You guys go have an awesome week. Be better than last week. And, you know, just make it count.